You're listening to the Bugcast, broadcasting from Studio B, from the heart of WBUG. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Bugcast. Brought to you by yours truly, the Bug. Now, I'm going to do things a little bit different this go-around. Uh, going to get a little bit technical because of an issue I had with the other podcast I do with my friend Gio. And that is, um, Skype sucks, basically. Um, I have a very, very, very powerful Macintosh, um, 12 core, 64 gigs of RAM. Uh, it, it's, you know, terabyte SSD boot drive two, two, two terabyte mechanical storage drives as, uh, you know, just as just that storage drive. So, processing power here in the bug cave is not lacking, but Skype hiccuped so bad. Every single episode of Geek versus Geek that each episode's master copies are ruined because that's what we use to record. Uh, the show with um, being over distance we have n- no way to do it in person so um, <sighs> Skype just messed it all up so I went back to my roots in digital um, recording and I found a license key for an old copy of a program called Audio Hijack. And Audio Hijack is produced by a company called Rogue Amoeba. Yeah, it's a hilarious name. They know it's funny too. But they specialize in audio only and only on Macintosh. And uh, they've got this program called Audio Hijack. And it's... It's superb because what it allows you to do is virtually wire all of your software together, ins and outs. Um, You have a drag-and-drop interface, and you drag all of your devices in your software where you want it to be. And it'll draw or spit the audio out. It'll capture audio and spit it out in any infinite combination based on what software and what hardware you have. (sighs) Excuse me. Um, So that is... uh, That's totally, totally what I needed. And so I ha- I repurchased an upgrade license from the old one at extreme discounts over half off. So I got this program now called um, Audio Hijack. And I want to talk about how it works a little bit. Okay, now you open up... Um, you open up the application, and it's basically just... Um, just an interface, okay? And then you have... Now, you have different schemes you can go with. Based on what you're doing. Um, or you can do it manually, like, in your head. Like, okay, I want... Uh, I need this to talk to this, and I need it to spit it out in this format. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, um... You can also you can also do um, some special effects built in, which I'm not I don't really need it for that. Um, then you can do um, 
know how these meters. Yeah, okay. It's got meters where you can put in line. It basically, I don't know if y'all know this, but some of you will. It basically is like a schematic. You you just you've got a flow chart grid interface and you just match everything up uh that way. And it's pretty it's pretty cool. Um and it's very powerful. And uh, like I said, it's only on Mac and it's only audio stuff. So how how I've got it set up now, and we have yet to uh, release an episode for this. We skipped a week kind of like uh, just because I had to figure this out, man. Uh, I don't do it the same way as I do this podcast. So this, this one just comes out fine as far as I know. So what I decided to do um, is use FaceTime, but FaceTime doesn't have a built-in way to record um, your conversations, okay? Skype does. That's why we wanted to use it. Um, So I need FaceTime. I need to capture the audio from FaceTime. So that's my first block in in the grid here in Audio Hijack. I need the meters to kind of adjust the. Uh, I need to. I have the meters in line. After that, okay. So the meters tell me what, what the output looks like based on what's coming in from FaceTime, okay. In and out from me and Geo, the other party. Okay. From there, we go past the meters into the actual recorder itself. Which I have set as a B3. Excuse me. I have set. If, I don't. I apologize for the honor. Uh, it's not even that late, and uh, this is just ridiculous. So I apologize. But anyway, the um, the recorder, the actual audio, is going to be spit out as MP3 at 320 kilobytes per second. It's going to be in stereo, but here's the trick. You can split that stereo signal, okay? And what I have done is, I'm going to try this. We still have yet to test it. Uh, what, what I hope to do is have Geo on one side, if you will, one channel stereo, and me on the other. Again, I apologize. Uh me on the other that way i could split that stereo track into two mono tracks okay and i can have him on one track and me on the other and if he's not coming in loud enough or whatever it in real time then i can adjust in post um because i have no way to control his volume or anything from here that's up to him and um i'm not gonna bother him with okay you need to do that you need to do this you need to do this you need to do that um i took on all production uh responsibilities uh because it's what i do okay so also what i thought about doing was going okay and also okay so as it's also spitting that mp3 out it's simultaneously going to go to the digital out on my uh, computer. Uh, so then I can use um, I'm what I'm going to do. I'm going to get really weird and nerdy here, but um, I'm going to see if I can get that digital out into my Sony mini disc mixer. If I can do that, um, that would be cool. Um, because mini disc will be the master at that point. I'll have a great backup. It'd be a hundred percent digital. Um, at no point is there any analog. Uh, that's the plan there, but that's optional. 
Second of all, um, it will also, uh, hmm. it'll also allow, um, to do live streams directly, uh, from, from the uh, from the audio um, hijack, so I might try a Facebook live stream with this at some point. Um, I don't know. Uh, we'll just have to see how it goes. Um, I really don't want to do. Um, video, but uh, it usually the live stream stuff usually likes the video stuff, so that's kind of how that is, and uh, I'll figure that out at some point. And, um, Source. Source. Yeah. I don't know about that. Um, I'm looking at the program as I'm talking about it, and it kind of... Uh, yeah, the streaming part, I'm not really familiar with, but... Uh, I would like a better solution to that um, at some point. So, like I said, you can you you can you know set these blocks up any any way you want, essentially, and uh, it's really cool. Um, now, what I'd like to try to do here is, um, uh, I would really like to, um, just get to know it better because I think as we go forward, I might do this live at some point if I can find a good home for it as live, um. I just don't know that I can. Um, live is such a production, and it's, you know, I like to do this whenever I kind of feel like it and uh, release it somewhat regular on the regular schedule. And uh, so that's that. Uh, audio hijack uh, is pretty cool. Um, highly recommend it if you've got a Mac and you need you need to wire applications and hardware together that don't normally like to talk to each other. Um, currently, I'm using GarageBand to do all my production stuff in because I don't feel like. I normally use Adobe Audition 3 on Windows, but I don't have a license for that uh, on my Mac. And there's nothing wrong with GarageBand except for I'd like to upgrade to Logic Pro at some point. But um, at this point, I'm not able to do that because I need a graphics card in this bad boy. And uh, I'm unemployed, so money is a little short right now for extras so i gotta make do with what i have and that's okay um there's a lot of opportunities out there right now thanks to the younger generation i'll say and uh i'm gonna take full advantage of that and um we'll see what happens but in the meantime i'm gonna get a lot done if i can so um, 
Moving right along. We're 15 minutes in. I talked about Audio Hijack. Talked about Geek versus Geek. Those episodes, those first ones are ruined. I mean, there's some content there. Um, you're just going to have to take it for what it is. They suck. And uh, they were really good in their entirety. But because of Skype, uh, they got ruined. And I really just don't know what else to say about that. But I really, really do. There, let me go to Rogue Amiga's website real quick. Because there's some other software that y'all might find useful that I, I wasn't really um, jumping on. But uh, let's see here. Yeah, right here, Rogue Amiga. Well, uh, I'll go over some of this with you. Uh, Rogue Amoeba. Rogue is in Rebel, and Amoeba as in the one-celled organism. Now, uh, one of the things I am interested in is... Um, Is it loop back? They have. We'll go over these one by one, but I want to go over this one first. It's the one I'm thinking of. Mm, okay, yeah, loop back. Loop back is a uh, transit system for your audio. It's sort of like Audio Hijack. Uh, except for it looks like it's only, um, hmm. uh, I don't, hmm. I don't know the difference here between it and Audio Hijack. Um, hmm. Virtual devices. Um, I don't think it's focused at m as much on hardware as Audio Hijack is. Um, so, do 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 channels one two internal speakers USB output. Uh, yeah, it's sort of like Audio Hijack. I might purchase it down the road um, just to play with it. And so I might just download the free version and play with it to see uh, if it's something I can use or not. But uh, record any audio, cable-free audio routing. Hmm, it's interesting. Um, sound source was something I think I was interested in. Uh, this is, uh, this sound control replacement, if you will, and it, it does a lot to, um, give you more minute control over your audio in the actual, um, as far as the hardware and software goes, more like a Windows environment. We're starting with Windows Seven. Your your app, your individual apps had had a volume slider and everything. With Mac, never adopted that. Uh, Sound Source will allow you to do that, as far as I can tell. Farago. Now this one I think is pretty going to be pretty useful, especially if we did anything live or if you want to do anything live. It's basically a way to build a soundboard, and it's it's a grid layout, and you've got your sound clips as cards in the grid, and you can move them and arrange them in any kind of way you want to, and just touch the um, touch the card, if you will, um, to play it. It's sort of like a DJ controller thing, except it's software. Um, I might go with Fission. Uh, Fission is an audio editor, which is really cool. It, it came with, um, my license, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get it now. My, my new license may cover this, uh, 
I'll have to see. I might, I might email Rogue Amiga and and ask them if it doesn't. Because um, I spent it was a bundle at the time, and it was really, really expensive. It was over fifty dollars for just this one piece of software. So, so yeah, and it's got a piezo, which is charmingly simple recording. It's what it says, and um, basically, it's just two meters. And your source, and it's like, what do you, what do you want? All right, and uh, we're gonna go uh, on to the news here, and I'll be back in a second with the news segment as usual. See you after the bump. And now for the news. All right, welcome to the news segment of Bugcast, where maybe you'll get news in the recording and music industry, and maybe you won't. Maybe I'll just go and throw down on some kind of rant or something. I have really no idea how it's going to go. Uh, that has nothing to do with music, but I would like to acknowledge the fact that we lost another great comedian this week, um, who has died of cancer after a nine-year struggle with the disease. I would like to personally say goodbye to Norm MacDonald. Um, one of the funniest people on earth, and he's funny in an intellectual kind of way. Um, there's no way he will ever be replaced. Um, I was really sad, um, when I learned the news that Norman... McDonald passed away, and uh, I just couldn't believe it, really. Um... I love how these music journalists ask musicians these really just effed up questions like um, Jason Newstead, Newstead speaks on joining Megadeth addresses remark that he can't play Metallica anymore um First of all, the only way Jason Newstead would speak about joining Megadeth is some asshole asked him about it. Um, he's not just going to volunteer that random thought. And as far as not being able to... Uh, as far as him... See, this is kind of misleading, too, because... Addresses remark that he can't play metallic anymore. Um, <clears throat> can't play as in he doesn't have the talent to, or can't from a legal standpoint. Um, from what I've seen, Newstead is still one of the most badass bass players there is. So, as far as chops go, I have no doubt that, um, I have no doubt that he, he, he has the chops to play Metallica. Does he want to? Probably not. Um, at his departure, um, I kind of feel like there's just some negative vibes there, and it probably brings back a lot of that. Now, I don't know why Megadeth fired David Ellison. Um... That just seems crazy to me, but uh, I don't really have the time to read all of this to y'all. Um, 
if you want the actual article, go to ultimateguitar.com. There goes the yawning again, man. I had just got out of the shower, too, to wake myself up. Um, Ultimate-guitar.com. And I don't... I, it just seems... It's like your parents getting divorced. Ellis, Ellison getting fired from Megadeth and Metallica having their beef with... Um, Having their beef with um, Newstead. It's just. It's just, you know. It's sad. These musicians can't get their shit together and act like, you know, adults. Um. There's still a lot of young guitar players that. Are putting Jimi Hendrix on a pedestal, and that's fine. I think that um, we need to find younger heroes uh, to keep it going, man. Um, just need to keep it going. It's really not in the um really not much in the music news segment right now. Um here's something interesting, I think. Here's a question I get asked a lot as a guitar collector. Um is a $200 guitar any good? Well, yes. Um, this day and age, a brand new $200 guitar. It's probably made in a basement factory in China somewhere um, under slave conditions. Um... Probably just fine. <sighs> Excuse me, God. I am. I apologize for the yawning. I, I just there's no way I can cut all these yawns out. Um, I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I get in front of the microphone and it's like necro. I'm not necrophilia. Oh my God, I'm sorry. Um, God, the disease where you. <sighs> Never mind. The disease where you just randomly fall asleep. I'm I'm just uh, falling apart this week. Okay, uh here's something. Roger Waters went ape shit over kids picked for the wall show. This is back 7980 when the wall was originally released. Roger was a different person back then, he'll tell you that. Um Um, as a result of his own subsistence love. In other words, my father was poor. Okay, upbringing. His poor upbringing. I have to use these fucking words, man. Uh, Waters wanted to ensure that the choir consisted of local disadvantaged youths. And every stop on a tour while preparing for a performance in San Diego, however, he knew something was wrong. I looked at these kids and thought, these are not my kids. 
Waters told Mark uh, Mark Marin in 2016 episode of the WTF with Mark Marin podcast. So I found out that they were the children of the executives from the arena who thought it would be fun for their kids to be part of the show. So I went apeshit and got rid of them all. Find me some proper kids. So these kids turned up, and I went, these are more like it. These are my kids. This is my constituency. While pre-selected choirs were given a DVD in advance so they could learn a few dance steps, Waters had only half an hour to prepare the replacement group. That done, he asked to meet the woman who was looking after the children. I took her to one side. I said, how did you find these children in a short space of time? Thank you so much, she said. They, they're my clients. And I went, what do you mean they're your clients? And she said, they're my clients. I see them every day. To cut a long story short, she drove a van delivering free meals. These are children who don't have enough to eat, whose parents can't feed them. And this lady was part of the social services, and every day she would deliver something to eat. <sighs> For each of these 15 kids, and it breaks your effing heart. And, you know, see, that's the side of Roger I like. Um, there, There's a lot of things I disagree with Roger about. Because um, he leans in a direction that just doesn't, just doesn't really go with the American theology, to, for lack of a better word. He's British, so coming from a country who fought eight years back in the 1700s to get rid of England, having a British person kind of tell you about your politics just doesn't sit well with most Americans. Okay. This isn't about politics. This is just about because I love Roger. Even like I said, even though I disagree with a lot of uh, a lot of his, you know, values. Um, he's got way more money than I do. Okay, so I really can't hear him complain a whole lot. He's had a very very posh career. He's had a very, you know, he and the rest of the members of Pink Floyd invested very well when they hit it big. So there's talk about socialism and social justice and all this. Um, you don't hear Dave talk about it so much or the rest of the guys, but Rogers has this platform. And lyricist, he's, he's a very great lyricist. Um, he's an okay bass player. He's okay. Um, I personally think David Gilmore is a better bass player. Well, hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, hey man. Uh, hey, Gilmore fell plays that guitar, man. He, he don't play no bass. Yes, he does. And he played all the fretless parts on the Wall album because Roger just couldn't see himself doing it. And I'm just saying. You know, you got a whole band. You got, you know, you got four of the most talented musicians that's, that England spat out since the Beatles. Probably even better than the Beatles, truth be told. Um, and Roger can't figure out how to play a fretless bass. The guitar player has to do it. I'm not that talented as a musician. I'll tell anybody this. Uh, I'm not. Um, I do it just for absolute fun. I can pretend. I can pretend I'm a rock star. I can pretend. And I collect instruments because I don't like art. You know, 
I don't like how pretentious art is. You know, when you collect a guitar, you can take it off the wall and play the thing. What the hell can you do with a painting? You can't do shit with a painting except look at it. That's why I don't like fish tanks, man. I don't want a fish tank because I'm going to sit there and just watch the fin- watch fish go back and forth. Oh, time to feed the fish. Splash, splash, splash. Okay. Back and forth. You think I'm falling asleep now in front of the microphone? You wait till you stick me in front of a fish tank. I'll be dead in five minutes. And you expect me to, to look at art? No, thank you. No, thank you. I don't even sit down and watch television. I, I just don't have the... It just... It starts to sound like Charlie Brown's teacher after a while, man. I can't handle it. A guitar has the same, if not more, value than art. And you could take the thing down, plug it in, or not, and play it. And if you want to sit, stand there and look at it, you can. It's really simple. So the two things are related, but they're not related. The fact that I don't fancy myself as a talented musician and the fact that I have more guitars than anybody I know doesn't mean that I'm comp- overcompensating for anything. It's just I like putting my money somewhere where I know it's a sound investment and I don't like art. You got to split your money up. You got to, you know, at the time I was really at the height of my collecting, I was making really good money and half of it was getting taxed. And I kind of felt like, you know what? I need to start having tangible items like gold or so. And again, what am I going to do with bar gold? Where are you? And when you buy gold, you can't just buy gold. Okay. So that's what they don't tell you. Try buying a bar of gold and having it delivered to your house or go to the bank and try to grab a bar of gold after you bought the thing. Okay, it is one of the most difficult things to do. You go through a brokerage firm. The brokerage firm tells you how much gold you own, but we're going we're gonna to hang on to this gold for you. It's yours, but... You know, uh, we're gonna hang on to it. We're gonna, we're gonna pet it. We're gonna look at it. And you can come visit the gold anytime you want, but we're gonna hang on to your gold. Does that remind you of anything else? Your money in the bank. It's your money, but we're gonna loan it out to other people, and we're gonna pay you point zero 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 three percent interest. As a reward for letting us, you know, loan other people your money because we're a bank. And that's what we do. We take Bob's money and we give Bob's money to, to, to Billy. And Billy pays us back Bob's money with a lot of interest. We don't pay Bob that interest back. We keep Bob's, we give Bob's money back to Bob. And he never knew it was gone. And Billy's got to pay like three times what he, what he borrowed. And we keep all that extra money because, you know, it's your money. You know, it's your money. But we're just going to hang on to it for a little while. You can come visit and talk, Mr. Toothman. You want to you close your account? Oh, you don't want to do that. You don't want to close your account, Mr. Toothman. There's no safer place for your money than the bank. Yeah, right. So like I said, that's why I collect guitars. And that's why I play music. Um... I get criticized a lot, you know, and I I kind of have to scratch my head because I recorded this one song, and it's it's an improv it's an improvational song, you know, and I may uh, um I'm I may put it somewhere, but I had uh, recorded this really sloppy song one time. And I did it as just kind of a test to see if the person who was going to listen to this was really uh, 
interested in me as a musician or they just kind of wanted to hear if they were better than me or not. You know, you know, a lot of guitar players are like that. Now, I've never heard this person play. I do know they're a musician. Um, I have traded goods with this person. I consider this person a friend. And, you know, and when I speak about this person, I speak in no ill will. I have a lot of respect and love for this person. They are a very good friend to me. And what I'm saying is no way derogatory or negative. It's just I know I'm not perfect, and I have my things out there, and this is no slight towards this person at all. But I have the feeling that maybe, you know, it's some kind of friendly competition. So I recorded this real sloppy song, kind of halfway on purpose. I wasn't really putting my best foot forward, if you will. And I abandoned the news a long time ago, so the new segments up i'll just <laughs> i'll just continue if i haven't finished the story there's no news in the music the music industry sucks right now because everybody's doing this shit out of their bedroom um but anyway i kind of feel like this person uh was testing the waters to see if maybe they felt like i was better than them they wouldn't want to necessarily play with me sometime, you know. Or if they felt like they were better than me, then maybe they kind of felt like, you know, they kind of put themselves on a little bit of a pedestal. Or maybe they wanted to step forward and, and, and help me out and teach me, you know. Whether I was or wasn't kind of irrelevant. So I recorded something really sloppy, and I got back the exact same critique that I thought I would get. Sloppy timing is way off. It's un, unstructured. You know, and I was like, yeah, I kind of knew that. Good answer. Okay. That, that was the control of the experiment. You know, really, really crappy recording. Done crappily on purpose. Okay, halfway on purpose. Like I said, I wasn't really putting my heart into it. It's very sloppy. In fact, I I I run across a copy of that particular song. I just go ahead and delete it. I'm like, mm, I'm not you know. However, I resisted from sending this person something for quite a while because I knew I knew the answer I would get okay I knew that it was I knew that I wasn't going to get a compliment there's just no way that was going to happen um and I don't go looking for compliments either so um and that's why I hardly ever share my music um if you get a song by me or if I share something I've recorded with you uh, you're a very lucky individual because that's not why I do this. Um, so I kind of felt like, okay, um, I'm going to test these waters a little bit, but I'm I'm going to go a step further. I'm going to put together a song that is, I wouldn't say the best that I could do, but more relaxed, more just phone it in. More than anything, okay. I had a real simple drum track that was, you know, auto-generated, and I had um, I recorded the bass line, and I recorded the guitar part, okay. The um, the guitar for sure was improvised, just hundred percent on the fly. I don't know how to read music. I don't like cover songs, so I never bother learning other music. So I just just make it up as I go, and that's kind of uh, that's kind of my comfort zone. So what I did was um, I took the drum track and I laid down the bass line. Like I said, I played the bass on the track, and. It was really, it was really solid. 
Um, because it was a real simple drum kit in the loop or in the drum track, and I kept the notes like anytime a stick hit the drum, there was a note. Is there? And it was a really nice, it's a really nice shuffle. Just went up and down, went up and down. And it just the groove was there. I felt the groove. Anybody else I shared this song with felt that groove. The bass line was tight with the drum track. Okay. And I can look at it here in the software and line up the waveforms. And I can tell you that it was on point. In fact, I can use the software and compare the two tracks and guarantee that they were on point. So I recorded the guitar track over the bass line and the drum track. Now, it's just a real simple song. It's not complicated at all. Like I said, the bass line, the bass and drum, the rhythm section was a shuffle so you just play a blues scale over that and you're good to go and I really really just you know just really didn't have a whole lot of effort in it but it was a really easy track to put together because of the, a tight shuffle rhythm section it's like and it was just you know just up, up the scale and down the scale real simple I wasn't trying to play like normally somebody says you suck is when I really play challenging chords like dissident A minor chords on a bass, you know, stuff that just sounds like to most people it sounds like a kid blowing around on the thing. It's not very melodical. Melody's not my thing. Um that's one of the reasons I I'm, I'm I respect Roger as a musician. Pink Floyd didn't really focus a lot on melody. I mean, melody was there, but, you know. Um, uh, anyway, we'll wrap this up, and uh, we'll call it the news segment. Why not? And that was the news. Yeah, sorry for that little interruption. The news segment kind of died on the vine. But anyway... As I was saying, um, I put this track together. I wouldn't say I was proud of it, but I wasn't ashamed of it. I didn't mind sharing it with people because it was pleasant, you, you know. So I sent this track to him, okay. And uh, two of my but most uh, the, between the two, the bass and the guitar. Uh, about $4,500 worth of instruments. And, um, and it just goes to show you that the price you pay for an instrument doesn't produce the talent. The talent is in you. And, uh, you, and like I said, a $200 guitar is just fine, in my opinion. Um, that's not why I collect guitars. I don't feel that having expensive instruments makes me a better player any way whatsoever. It's just like I I hate art. <laughs> I mean, I don't say hate. That's a strong word. But I would say I severely, severely dislike art. And it's just boring to me. Um, and instruments are fascinating because each one of them has a story. Like my 1979 Stratocaster has a beautiful American story to it. It's a guitar built in Fullerton, California, in America, by Americans at this time. Uh, unlike the Corona plant, which, you know, we'll talk about that. Maybe that's what we'll do. We'll... We'll go into history next episode, I feel like. And that would be cool. Anyway, I sent this track to, to this friend of mine. And like I said, there's there's no animosity here whatsoever. I have complete respect and admiration for this dude. Because he has talents that, that I don't have at all. And as a musician, I'm sure he's better than me. I have no doubt, um, because I don't do it for the same reasons a lot of other people do it. 
And therefore, I lack the motivation to improve. And I'll tell you that. Anything you hear me do is just just by the hair of the skin of my teeth. And and as long as I'm happy doing it, I'm content. And, you know, that's fine. I'm not like a lot of these other guitar players. I'm not saying he's one of them. It just get all finicky and uber pretentious about stuff. And it's not like that. So anyway, I sent him the track, and it still wasn't. He wasn't impressed. He's like, the timing's still off, and it's not structured. And this, uh, and I looked. After I sent it to him, got the critique, and I agreed with him. I was like, look, I'm not super proud of this track either. But he came down on it pretty hard. And, I mean, not hard to where he was rude about it. He's never been rude. It just, wow, you... You can't just say, oh, that's pretty good, because it was. I mean, it, was re- it wasn't really good. It was just pretty good. And you can't give it that one, hey, I, you know, the other thing you sent sucked, but this is a lot better. This is great. You know, keep up the good work. A little bit like that. So I kind of feel like at this point, since I knew that track was good, I knew it was. I've had people tell me, non-musicians tell me that 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 was really good. In fact, a lot of people want me to go ahead and sing over it. You know, yeah, man, man, what you ought to do, man, is you ought to write some lyrics, man. We need some words on this stuff, man. Just listen to the music. Not everything needs words. So anyway, um, so I, I loaded the session back up in, into GarageBand to look at the tracks and everything. And that's when I realized, you know what? The timing of this, the time signature is 4 over 4, which is like the easiest thing you could ever do. And it was, it, the beat, the, the bars lined up. I mean, just boom, boom, boom. The bass line. Now, not for the guitar, but the bass line and the drum track were on point, man. I'm telling you. And I kind of got a little bit discouraged there for a while. I'm like, because I really respect this, this, this person's opinion and how they feel about things. And I kind of feel like if he's not impressed at all by this, then there's nothing I'm going to do that's going to impress this dude. So he doesn't get any more music as far as I'm concerned. Because if I wanted insults or criticism, I could do that myself all day long. And like I said, I'm not looking for compliments. So what's the point? You know, I want to share my music with people that's going to enjoy it themselves you know and if he's not liking anything i'm sending him or sharing with him then again what is the point okay so if he's listening to this he knows who he is but again i've got no i mean i know i'm not a great musician i know this but i know i know motive when i see it (laughs) I know when, when I know honesty when I hear it. And maybe this person feels like they are being honest. Maybe it's their version of honesty. And maybe I'm just fooling myself. But that, that's, that's the thing. As a musician, I like the weird and I like the experimental. Like dissident chords, dissident notes. I'm I'm really, I'm really a fan of those notes. You just don't. So, God, would you quit yawning? I'm a fan of the music that just doesn't sound like it goes together. You, you know, unresolved notes they call it. You know, just chords that hang out there in the air and they're uncomfortable and they're unpleasant and they're you know, your your teenage couple on the dance floor is looking at each other like, I don't know what to do here. That's one of the reasons I'm attracted to jazz because jazz has always been historically experimental and very forward in its thinking and improvise improvise and 
Okay, hang on. Improvision. Improvision. Improv. Wow, that's weird. I can't say this word. Hang on, man. All right. Improvisational. There we go. Improvisational. Okay. Jazz has always been improvisational. And uh, that's that's me to a T, 100% improvisational. Okay. Wow. My mouth just like locked up on that word, man. That was very weird feeling. Uh, I usually don't have problems saying words like that. Um, improvisational. Okay. Wow. I really got it. My brain just stops on that word, man. <laughs> that is a weird feeling, man. When your brain don't work right. Um, yeah. So that's a big, that's a big thing. Um, as far as jazz goes and that's my music, my music, average person is going to hear a lot of my original stuff, especially when I write lyrics to it and I actually attempt to sing. Um, you're not going to, it's going to make you feel like, oh, it's going to make you feel a little uncomfortable. And that's, that's the point. I mean, I'm not looking for cute little dance songs or radio friendly hits. I mean, that, my number one band of all time is Pink Floyd. Just listen to some of their early stuff and tell me how uncomfortable it makes you feel. And that's my number one influence is Pink Floyd. And a lot of their obscure stuff that never reached the light of day <laughs> is like these weird um, uh, dissonant A chords and, you know, these very strange time signatures that, that change up, you know, um, to somebody who didn't know music and they listened to a lot of the early Floyd early Floyd posted Barrett but pre Dark Side of the Moon there's two one, two three albums there um right as we get into Dark Side of the Moon that you really the Pink Floyd you just wonder how they got a record contract you just kind of like what the hell's going on here? But if you know music and appreciate music and you're a fan of the Pink Floyd, you hear it and you're like, oh my God, they're geniuses. Okay. And that's what I strive for. Not that I'm a genius musically or, or not, but off the beaten path, the road less traveled musically is where I'm comfortable. And to the novice, it sounds like trash. And that's fine, you know. Um, like I said, I know I'm not a great musician. I can't sing worth a crap, but I still attempt it because of that feeling of uncomfort, you know, that somebody listens to this, they're going to feel real uneasy. It might even ruin their fucking day. Um, <laughs> and that's fine. I don't know why I find that funny, but, you know, it's music. It's supposed to invoke emotion. And it does. Um, out of all the emotions. Out of all the things that trigger emotion. Music is the strongest. Um, that and the sense of smell. I've heard. But the two definitely compete with one another. So. Um. The news segment really sucked uh, this week. I don't know what else to say about that. Until there's news in that segment, um, I mean, I don't know what else to do with it. I thought it'd be really easy to have a news segment and talk about current events in the music industry, but uh, just not happening. I mean, there's not much going on right now with everything. So, uh, I think that about covers it this week. I, I've, I ranted and raved enough. And, uh, um, 
I'll see you next time. Uh, sorry for being late on this, too. I had some issues coming up, like I was saying earlier. Um, and no, uh, Amoeba, Rogue Amoeba is not a sponsor. I have no sponsors yet. Um, I just like their software. It solves problems. And uh, look for Geek versus Geek coming back this week, probably Friday. We'll have everything sorted out. And um, you can reach me at bugdom at yahoo.com. B-U-G-D-O-M at yahoo.com. If you've got any questions or feedback or anything. Um, right now, I'm not getting a ton of mail in that box. So um, your chances of me... Responding are probably pretty good when I think to check that box. Um, so yeah, if you want to go ahead and just send me a line, let you know, hey, I listened to the show, it sucked, whatever. Um, B U G D O M M A N at yahoo.com. Uh, that's one of my oldest email accounts, and um, I think it's pretty safe to say that uh, if it's going to track spam, it would have done it by now already. Um, so it's pretty empty, and I can keep track of uh, who's dropping lines there. And I'll say it one more time, bugdomoon at yahoo.com. It's B-U-G-D-O-M, bugdom at yahoo.com b-u-g-d-o-m at yahoo.com and i will talk to you all next week have a good one be safe and love and light and all that other good junk and have a good one